Welcome into the Draft Profile Podcast. This is sponsored by Football and Other F-Words, and we will be talking about Des Fitzpatrick, probably my least favorite draft pick out of this entire process because of how he was acquired and when he was acquired. And we'll just jump right into it. I'm joined by Mike Herndon of Twitter fame at Mike Miracles. When the trade, when it was announced that the Titans were trading, when it came up on the screen, or you heard about it on the radio, I don't know how you were watching or consuming the draft at this point. Who did you think the Titans were trading up for? I thought it was either Tylen Wallace or Amon Ross St. Brown. I, I thought it was one of those two because those were the guys that, to me, you know, kind of stood out as as all right. You know, I could have seen them going in the second or third round, but now here they are at the top of the fourth. You know, it's a good opportunity to jump up and grab some value. Um, but obviously they, they went a different direction here, but yeah, I thought it was Tylen Wallace or, uh, or Amon Ra. Yeah, I was, a I I was very surprised again, Tylen Wallace was at the senior bowl and I kind of thought, okay, well that must be who they're trading up for a wide receiver that, you know, really could be a difference maker for this team. And instead, they go with a guy that I at first I was like, "Who? Who is Desmond yeah. Fitzpatrick?" And I think that was everybody's big thing because you're giving up a fifth round pick for this receiver that pretty much everybody said that you could have waited on. Right? There, Lance Zierlein had him as a borderline uh, what what a priority free agent which is an undrafted free agent or a six slash seventh round pick. Like it wasn't a fourth round pick. So you got to underthink why didn't they wait? And even if you did wait, why were you so concerned that if Des Fitzpatrick wasn't there when you drafted in the fourth round next, why were you so concerned about that? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because clearly the fact that they traded up for him tells me they had, probably at least a third round grade on him if not if not higher because you know sitting there at the top of the fourth you know you don't move a fifth and your fourth to go get a guy who you don't have at least a third round grade on so they must have had a big grade on Des Fitzpatrick and you know obviously that that's varies a lot from what the the media and everything you know every every bit of information that's out there I mean I think uh Dane Brugler had Des Fitzpatrick as his 34th uh receiver on on his board um so I mean that that is and he had him as like a sixth seventh round you know maybe pick at, at the end of the draft so that is um it was surprising to see uh that be the name that comes up but I think two things. I, I think obviously they had a huge grade on him. And then two, I have to think that the Titans had some sort of inkling that another team was about to pick him because otherwise you would think just looking at the the media boards and the, the information that's out there that, yeah, you probably have no issue with him sliding down to what, what 125 or wherever their pick was uh, originally before they made the move up. So um, they must have thought that someone was about to make a move on him and they must have had a huge grade on him. So that those two things have to be true. And we'll see whether or not they're right uh, about the huge grade. But 
yeah, yeah does it, it concern you that they that they look at all these wide receivers Amon Ross St. Brown Tylen Wallace that were still there then of course Nico Collins that they passed on Amari Rogers does it concern you that they had such a high grade on a guy like Des Fitzpatrick that everybody else was consistently that's what worries me now listen they're all NFL they're they're scouts or analysts or something they it could be totally different behind with the other 31 teams and how they graded Des Fitzpatrick. But does it concern you that with the knowledge available to us, that basically analyst wide, this was considered a huge, massive reach. And if they even had a higher grade as a third round grade, and they thought this was good value, does that concern you about the wide receiver scouting process? You know, I guess I can't say that it concerns me until we actually see them, right? Because the thing is, for all we know, they're the ones that are smart and all the media people are dumb. Uh, But if if Des Fitzpatrick turns out to be a bust, they're going to have some explaining to do because that's that's a a pick that seemed like a reach. Uh, And if it turns out to be a reach and, and he's not good, uh, then they're, you know, certainly people are going to look at Tylen Wallace. They're going to look at Seth Williams. They're going to look at Amon Ross St. Brown. They're going to look at all these guys that went after him and say, well, you know, you could have taken him and everybody knew he was better than Des Fitzpatrick at the time. Uh, and that's, that becomes a real question. So they put, they kind of put their nuts on the table a little bit with this one. Um, and, and I think we'll see if they're right. Like I can see, I went back and watched a lot of a lot of Des Fitzpatrick uh, after the pick because I just I wasn't terribly familiar with him because frankly, I studied probably the top twenty ish uh, receivers in the draft pretty closely. I didn't get all the way down to uh, Des Fitzpatrick because I mean he was either really low on a lot of lists or completely off of them, so he just wasn't on my radar. So I went back and watched him, and I can see what they may be attracted to with him. Like he he's got really good size um, at he's, you know, about six to 210 pounds. He's, he's about Corey Davis's size. And he's, you know, you, you talk about a guy that looks like he has an NFL body. Like the dude looks in a uniform, like an NFL wide receiver. He's, you know, rocked up. He, he's long, long limbed, looks like a guy that, that could play at the NFL level. And then you watch him run and the guy's got some serious juice. I mean, his he's got a long yards, stride yards per catch average. Yeah. You know, and, and you saw him make some plays on some deep balls where he was running away from the defense and you're going, wow, that, that in a six two two ten body is interesting. Um, where I think he kind of, and, and there's also some, some really good ball skills on tape too. So I, mean, you see, there was a play he made in the senior bowl where he goes up and kind of mosses the ball over a defensive back as he's like tapping his toes, uh, on the sidelines. And you're going, wow, that's, that's really impressive. Um, so there's flashes that you see, but you know, was four-year player at, at Louisville, started pretty much every, or started every year that he was there um, and never produced more than, you know, 800-something yards in a season. So, you know, not huge numbers. Quarterback play was an issue. You know, his freshman year, he had Lamar Jackson. That was, you know, he had put up pretty good numbers that year, especially for a true freshman. But then the quarterback play dropped off after Lamar left. And, you know, we can, we can all make the jokes about Lamar, but for a college quarterback, he was at least an adequate passer. Um, So quarterback play was an issue. That's true for a lot of these guys. Um, But 
I also think uh, nobody wants to hear anyone talk about this as a Titans fan at this point, but blocking wise, blocking in the run game, he's really good. Um, he gives a lot of effort. He, he, you can tell he wants to do it. Like, you know, a lot of receivers, you watch them on tape, especially at the college level, and they just kind of run out to their guy and just kind of like stand in front of them and maybe, maybe touch his shoulder pad and, and rub on it a little bit. But Des Fitzpatrick was actually going out and, and aggressively making contact, trying to drive guys down the field. Um, so there's some stuff like that that you really like. As a route runner, I think his routes, he, he's really good at getting off press coverage, which, which is a, a huge deal, especially transitioning to the NFL. So that is a plus for him. But he, he was not a great separator, and that showed up really at the Senior Bowl one-on-ones. You could see it. Um, you know, he, he struggled to get big-time separation. So he was just kind of more of a, um, you know, he's not a sudden athlete. He's, he's got good build-up speed, but he's not a, a quick in-and-out-of-his-breaks guy. Um, so I think that's going to potentially be an issue, especially for teams that, that play man coverage against the Titans. I think you're going to see Fitzpatrick, at least initially, uh, struggling to get free um, in, in that kind of scenario. But um, there's certainly things to like about him, um, whether that ends up offsetting the, the focus drops, um, which were, were an issue from the, the reps that I saw um and the uh the the lack of separation we'll see but that there's there's certainly elements to his game that you like well let's talk about the lack of separation and i I dubbed the mental errors you know it's an all catching all all one catch-all kind of phrase it's obviously the drops and then there's quite a few um times where he's not on the same page as his quarterback which is which has been an issue for players like Taewon Taylor and separation has been an issue for Tajay Sharp. And now granted Tajay Sharp was productive here in the NFL with the Tennessee Titans. He did go to the Minnesota Vikings and proceed to do diddly shit. So it's saying all that. It it sounds like we got Tajay Sharp separation with Taewon Taylor long speed, but the mental errors of Taewon Taylor it's I, I, maybe that's a that's a listen that's maybe too big of a generalization but in the nfl mental errors and separation are pretty big and his contested catch rate while he has made contested catches is piss poor by the college levels so that's not a lot of stuff that makes me happy with this pick that first off they maybe had a higher grade on him that's really hard stuff to to fix in at the NFL level, what is your likelihood that those things get fixed and that he could still be a product? Like, what are the chances that he turns into the productive wide receiver worth the fourth round pick with potentially maybe a third round grade? I mean, we don't really have to get into that kind of projection, but can he live up to what are the chances that he lives up to trading up and getting rid of a fifth round pick in a deep, talented draft? I, I mean, we'll see. I mean, he has to obviously produce at a pretty good level to to justify the pick and in, in the move that they made to to get him. And, and he needs to become a starter at that point, right? Like, right. It just can't be that he's a rotational. Like, he can't be. He can't have Tajay Sharp's career uh, to to satisfy the investment. They, he needs to be above Tajay Sharp. You know, clearly above Taewon Taylor. Um, 
I think he can do it. I mean, there's nothing about his game to me um, that says that he just isn't fixable or, or that can't be developed at the NFL level there. And there's things that I think are going to endear him to the team early. Like the blocking, I think is going to make him uh, give him a chance to get on the field early. I, I think the fact that he routinely, and this is something that is a, a pet peeve of mine for college receivers, you know, when you run a stop route, and you just wait for the ball to get there uh, and, you know, cornerback comes up and makes a play or is able to, to step in front of you. That is a huge issue. And a lot of college receivers do that. Just, you know, they're, they're just not coached that well or, or they're too lazy to, to come back uh, to the ball. And he routinely fought back to the ball. Like he, he would almost exaggeratedly because a lot of the times it looked like the quarterback was late uh, getting him the ball. Sometimes he would be running almost like three or four yards back uh, to the ball to make the catch and then turn around and get upfield. So I, you know, that kind of stuff protects your quarterback and takes care of your quarterback and gets them out of issues um, that they may have otherwise, you know, been putting the team in. So I think there's stuff that's going to endear him to the Titans, um, coaching staff early on and I think he's going to play early you know we'll see if the Titans make another move at wide receiver uh to add anybody but if the roster is as it stands right now I think he's gonna play and he's gonna play a lot um you know I think he could line up in the slot uh for you from time to time he's not maybe a pure uh slot receiver but if you need need him to give you some reps there I think he can um and then I think he's got upside to be like if if you know, AJ Brown is your ex receiver on this team. But if you, if for some reason AJ Brown went down with an injury, let's say physically and from a press release standpoint, I think Desmond Patrick could be your ex receiver too. I, I think he could play all three positions. I think that versatility is important to them. I think he's going to play a lot early um, and, and we'll see how he does. I mean, I, I, I personally did not have like a huge uh, infatuation for Des Fitzpatrick going into the draft after I go back and watching him. I can kind of see uh, some of the stuff, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it all pans out. It's, it's, it's a big bet on their part. Over under 399 yards, 2.5 touchdowns. Oh goodness. Um, I'll go, I'll go under on the yards and over on the touchdowns. Excuse me. That will do it for us on the Des Fitzpatrick Draft Profile Pod, sponsored by Football Under the F-Words. My name is Zach Lyons. Follow me on Twitter at F-WordsPod. You got Mike Herndon. Follow him at Mike Miracles. We got Rashad Weaver and Racy slash Brady Breeze coming to you for the next uh, two episodes, so stay tuned. A Broadway Sports Media Production.